This is Edge Cases. I'm Andrew Pontius, and as promised, this week I'm joined by a new guest co-host. Ashley, why don't you introduce yourself? Absolutely. So I'm Ashley Nelson-Hornstein, and I've been an iOS developer since fall 2010. I actually got my start at Apple with the intention of building websites um, with the Apple mm-hmm. Online Store team. Uh, but like most web developers who go native, uh, I got entirely disenchanted with the process of battling with browsers. I wanted to build cool things, not deal with Internet Explorer quirks. <laughs> uh, so from there, I switched over to native development, specifically iOS, um, and, and really haven't looked back. Uh, most recently, I worked on the Circa app. It's a news app currently available in the App Store. Um, and uh, right now, I'm a freelance iOS developer uh, doing a contract with Dropbox. Cool. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the Circa application. That'd be great. So people can give that a shot. And what's our topic this week, Ashwin? So today, I want to talk about something that I feel is really plaguing the mobile industry, and that's our broken job interview process. Um, I think it's particularly funny because for an industry that constantly talks about how much of a struggle it is to find good people, you would think the process to suss out a good candidate would be really refined. Um, So I'm hoping to cover what I think are sort of the biggest issues I have with the process and then uh, talk about some of my proposed solutions that, you know, people either going in for a job and interview at a company could ask for or, hey, in a bi-perfect world, what the options would be. Sure. Sure, and uh, certainly uh, preaching to the choir uh, here. And also, if you are able to propose solutions, you'll be one step ahead of most of the topics that me and Wolf talk about, where we're mostly just, you know, kvetching about stuff. (laughs) So, okay, so before we get to that, uh, I'd like to give a little bit of an update on the AltConf situation. So as I mentioned last time around, uh, Wolf and I are going to be doing recording a show at AltConf, and now we have some more details on that. We're going to be recording on Tuesday... June 3rd at 10 a.m., and that's going to be at the labs. And so I'll put a link to the, uh, the lab webpage for AltConf there in our show notes. And uh, if you're interested, if you're in town that week, and if you're not busy at the conference, uh, please come by and give us a good, uh, a good audience there. And uh, there's a great lineup of, of speakers at AltConf, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to spending some time there as well. So we hope you can, you can join us. So, and I believe that's it for me. So, Ashley, you can take it away. Terrific. Um, so, I left Circa in late January, uh, and I recently joined Dropbox in April. Uh, so, I'm definitely fresh off of a couple of months of interviews. Um, Andrew, you've changed jobs how many times now in your career? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be able to give you a number. Lots and lots. Yeah, lots and lots, right? You've been through a bunch of interview processes. Uh, has there ever one that ever made you go, wow, you know, they're clearly finding the best candidate. They're nailing it. They're definitely, this process is awesome. Um, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Apple, Apple probably came the closest, mm. uh, just because... But it might have been because I was at the right right point there. Um, I my interviews at Apple were pretty good. Uh, however, when I was at Apple, I saw that the, some of the ways people were interviewing other people, some of the ways they were putting together these things, were not the best. Mm. So I, I would bet Apple was not not the, the, the consistent paragon of this sort of thing either. Yeah, it can be so hit or miss, and it's funny because. You know, traditional interviews, are they're really a ridiculous luck-based dog and pony show. And, and just to stress that again, they're a ridiculous luck-based dog and pony show. Um, <laughs> purely from a technical standpoint, um, ignoring questions about employee fit, culture, etc., purely from a technical standpoint, 
employers are looking for someone that can perform the essential functions of a job position, right? Um, what in, in our case for mobile development, can you actually build an app? Can you execute on an app? Yep. People excel in different environments. So you would think it would make sense that the options offered in order to let the candidate shine, because that's essentially what you're doing in an interview. You're, you're trying to assess whether the candidate has that knowledge and the candidate is trying to tell you their knowledge, right? You would think that there, there would be a bunch of different options tailored to what the candidate is. But the reality is that the majority of these companies are doing the same process over and over. It's a phone screen where you get the wonderful opportunity to awkwardly type into your web browser and explain your thought process over the phone to someone you met five seconds ago. Um, and, 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 or you get the, the detached process, right, of that. Um, and then once, if you even pass that step, then it leads to a full day of exhausting interviews with six or seven people from the organization. And it's just so surprising. And, and, and I think one of the problems, one of the biggest issues I have with this is that mobile developers should interview mobile developers. Increasingly, you go to these companies and a server developer is interviewing you or just any general programmer. And I totally get from a, one perspective, you need to know if the candidate can even talk to the server people. Can, you know, they design a coherent API. You know that you need to download data, right, and talk to the internet. But what I'm seeing is that we have server developers speaking to mobile engineers about just general programming and computer science. And that's a problem. Um, I have a couple of friends who are mobile developers who dropped out of school or didn't go to school. And the only time that they use computer science is for a job interview. They don't use it in their day-to-day -day mobile development work. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> um, I know I'm not qualified to interview a server engineer because I don't know what they do on a day-to-day. -day. Um, how could I possibly f assess whether or not they, could get, they are competent enough to get the job done? So to have a, someone who doesn't do mobile development interview you, it just it, it completely defeats, entirely defeats the purpose. And in order for that to occur, the commonality of computer science needs to come into play, right? So once you have that come into play, well, now the candidate is taken out of the comfort zone of what they actually do for a living and, and discussing instead the theory behind computer science. And it could be anything from a linked list to a sort, big O notation, it could be anything. And that's, that's part of my next bit issue, which is that there's a lack of de demonstrable practical application or showing what you actually do. Um, so, for example, uh, in an interview, a candidate has a very limited amount of time to make an impression that speaks to his or her qualifications. And the, 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 the problem I have is that the interviewer sort of sets those qualifications, Right. And so ideally, you would want to get someone who has that job experience, has, has that iOS experience, and could set qualifications that make sense for the job position. Well, the minute you find someone within the company who doesn't do that for a living, you take that out. You take the interviewee out of their comfort zone of what they would actually work on. And so it becomes sort of this luck-based system where, man, I hope the computer science topics I studied the night before are brought up today, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's just so yeah. ridiculous. Um, so assuming you get past, again, the phone screen, the computer science part of it, you're mm. brought in on-site to the company for an all-day interviews. I don't know who came up with this concept. Who decided that a, the magical number of six or seven interviews from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., 
could really like help a company figure out whether you'll be the best fit for them. I don't know how many of these you've done, but basically you come in on a morning and by the end of it, your brain wants to crawl out of your head. You're exhausted. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I feel that these companies purposely stack the most difficult interviews at the end of the day and yeah. you don't feel like you're at your best. It's, it's bizarre. It's, it almost feels like boot camp. Like, what are you training for right now? Are you going to work on some, some very mission-critical server where you're going to be up really late at night and, like, this fails and you... No, we're web... We're, sorry, we're mobile developers. We're not web developers. We're mobile developers. We're actually at the whim of Apple's <laughs> app review process and release. <laughs> it's probably one of the slowest deployments available. <laughs> and yet, um, and yet we, we, we deal with these all-day interview processes that don't really make sense. Uh, what can be gleaned from that? And and I think I think streamlining something like that could be much better for everyone involved. Um, another issue I have is that so at some of these bigger organizations, so about 500 plus, um, managers are really encumbered by process. So anecdotally, and something that I've actually um, something that managers I know have gone through is that they really want a candidate. They want them, the team wants them, but someone from another team who interviewed that same candidate who would not work with them day to day and works on a totally different function didn't like said candidate. Maybe they didn't pass their brain teaser, maybe they didn't solve tic-tac-toe correctly, maybe they didn't know the uh, big, big O notation of uh, the particular uh, hardware storage, right? Something that mostly we don't really deal with on mobile development. Um, that manager cannot just pluck that person and hire them. And that's wild to me. Like you, the entire point is for the manager to find competent people that will work directly under him or her like, successfully and a team that likes that person. I've actually gone through that. I've literally had a company that, that I did not pass an interview for someone from another team. Um, and the manager I currently have now um, employs some of the, to- the possible solutions that I'm going to bring up entirely because he's lost candidates that way. And that's wild to me. Um, so you so you've seen cases where uh, a, a non team member had sort of veto power over the team that wanted to hire the person. Yes. Wow. And that's it's more common than than uh, I would like to believe. I would say, or more than I'm comfortable with. Sure. Um, it's just very shocking to me. Um, one of the other things that I have a problem with in in, in sort of the interview process is the feedback loop. Um, so have you ever interviewed at an organization and not heard back? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because you're probably interviewing at more than one organization. And so you're not sure, am I balancing multiple ones? Should I count on an offer from this organization, et cetera? You're, you don't know where you are in the limbo of the system. And depending on where you are in that interview process, if it's a phone screen or you've already gone on site, like you would expect something back. So I think it's it's crazy that we don't standardize recruiters getting back to candidates, um, even if it's even if it's a rejection or if it's poor, like just something, some sort of feedback. So not hearing back ever is is something that drives me nuts. I've also uh, stopping in the middle of an interview. I think Apple does something similar to this, but they do it in a very graceful manner. Where I, th- I believe at the end of the day, um, if you've sort of passed the interviews and things are going well, you get to speak to the hiring manager. Um, some places 
and, and but if you if the interviews didn't go that great, then maybe you you just you know, go home for the day and you don't even know about the hiring manager interview process. Um, I personally have had interviews essentially stopped because it, things just weren't going well or wasn't a good fit for the company. And it, it's funny because from their perspective, um, they are sort of saving everyone's time. But I think the reality is that it can be very demoralizing on the candidate, you know? And so I think that is something that should just never happen. Absolutely. Uh, you should always continue the interview with tact. Um, and it's interesting to me because why do, essentially does rejection feel so bad from a job interview? A lot of times the job interviews are built to sort of brain tease you, assess you, figure out if you are even competent at this particular position, right? Well, once you have someone assessing you, that can be very, it can be very demoralizing when you get a negative response. Sure, um, ne- negative feedback is, is hard to take for just about anybody. Exactly. Um, it's funny, though, because interviews are such a luck-based system that when we do well at them, we sort of take it in as like, oh, we're really good. We're great. You know, <laughs> right. we're, we're, we're so good at this position. I'm such a great developer. Yeah. But when they go poorly, it's, it's easy to turn that into, am I bad at my job? Like, I just released this software and I did really great at the previous position, but I didn't do great on this interview. Like, maybe I'm not good at this anymore. And it, it would be great if, I know most companies don't have the resources to do this. There was only one company out of maybe the four I interviewed with recently that took the time to do this. But to actually send me feedback on, you know, why I didn't get the position was just tremendous. Um, And it really, like, hit home, you know, just just some basic tips about, like, what they were looking for and why it wasn't a great fit. It was just wonderful to hear. And I wish across the industry that that was something that always happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically some possible solutions that I'd love to see for, uh, when you're interviewing, uh, basically a try before you buy contract to hire setup. So something that's probably the best way for a candidate to shine. Um, and, and both sides get to see sort of a mutually beneficial, uh, relationship formed. Uh, the candidate coming in can actually work on the team do real work, and do it in the most comfortable environment for them, which is day-to-day. And both sides get to see exactly what they're they're getting, basically, before they enter into a full-time position. Um, Another thing that I really like is pair programming, Uh, but you have to be careful with what you do here because, basically, I've been in rooms where the entire team is in there and you're trying to pair program, and it's very awkward. You're not clear with whether you should... Uh, be speaking through the process or not? Are you going to be disturbing the other people in the room? Um, Oh, you mean they weren't there as an audience. They were just there working. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And you're actually only pair programming with the other iOS developer. Um, But it's very true to form in that you are presented with, you know, a a keyboard, a mouse, the actual Xcode. You can stop and configure a couple of keyboard commands the way you want. Um, and, and, and no more, you're not whiteboarding Objective-C, which is one of the worst things ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's very awkward when the entire team is in the room as well. Like, please don't do that. That's not a good way to interview somebody. And so pair programming, I think, is a great idea. Um, also, take-home assignments. I, I see more and more companies doing this, thank God. 
And basically, the company comes up with a problem that they feel is difficult enough that will give a good signal on whether the candidate is good at, you know, programming or a particular, uh, maybe developing an algorithm. This goes more to server technologies. But uh, they create the assignment, assign it to the candidate, and the candidate will have maybe like a week or something to complete the assignment. And maybe it takes like four hours or five or six hours, something like that. Um, and that's really great because you get to, again, work in your own environment and do something much more true to how you would perform on the actual job. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I've seen is having someone spend half the day working in the office with the team. So you're going to take that day off from work regardless or that half a day off from work anyway to go and interview with a place. But it, it would, I think it would be so much more beneficial if that candidate actually worked with the team quickly on, on maybe a very small uh, project as opposed to sitting in a room and going through these, these very convoluted uh, interviews that aren't true to how we actually all work together. Uh, one more thing that I've seen that is really, really helpful is a technical deep dive. Uh, and that's something I actually got to do at Dropbox and was really excited about. Essentially, I sat down with an engineer and explained you know, everything I did at my previous position went into specifics about literally pulled out the app, which is great because sometimes you just want to say, listen, I led the development of this app that's in the app store right now. Look at its review score. Hire me. <laughs> like, we don't need to sure. have this back and forth about whether or not I, ca- I have coding ability because clearly this app exists, right? And so it was great. It was wonderful. I, I sat there, I pulled out the app, and I actually spoke to how I implemented particular things. And the individual got to ask specific questions that related a little more to the position, and I got to uh, really take a moment to shine on some of my wins in this particular app. And from that, they get a, a real sense of what your qualifications specifically are and if you are good at programming or not programming but but good at just sort of like the thought process behind coding and sort of how you solve problems and that's something that's architecting stuff yeah exactly and that's something that's extremely important and very hard to assess in a 20-minute quick interview with uh that's on a particular problem about whether you are whether you are matching a string or finding the number of matching characters in a string or something like that Right, sorting a, doing a, a binary search. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, I just think that in general, as I said, employers are trying to figure out whether a candidate actually matches uh, the particular role. And a candidate in turn wants to show that they do and show it in the best possible light. I think if a company's, if, if, if I had say a company would offer a plethora of options and give them to the, the candidate and let them decide which one they would like to do moving forward. Um, I just think we're, this, this, this process that's very computer sciencey and not actually true to what we all do day to day is really just, it's, it's, it's doing a disservice to the company as well as candidates that are trying to find qualified positions. So it's interesting when you, when you talk about computer science, I tend to think of that as as sort of theory. I mean, I get I get what you mean, and when you you gave examples, that mm-hmm. sounded uh, good. I mean, my devil's advocate part of that is it's good to have it's it's good to know that people can back up their practices with knowing about knowing about how things work. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're gonna if if you can say, well, I made this app go faster, and so so yes, you can make an app 
go fast. Yeah. But if you if you know the why you were able to make it go faster, then that helps you with any number of problems rather than just with the specific issues that you found in in one app. And I think that's that sends me like what what people are kind of when they say, well, you know, big O notation or that sort of a thing, mm-hmm. they want to find some way of knowing that you can think about programming problems in a more general way and then apply that to specific problems. Does that sound? Uh, how, how does that sound? No, absolutely. But, you know, along with that, I guess I definitely want to know if a candidate can actually find those performance issues and how they would yep. go about that, you know? So literally uh-huh. sitting down and going through like, well, how would you do this? And how would you improve the yep. performance of this? Like and, uh, from a practical level, are you going to open instruments? Well, how are you going to measure the time here? How do you know that you made it better? Stuff like that. Um, sure. sure. No, I, I've definitely uh, gone through my share of, of uh, you know, sorting a string, sorting the characters with string, that sort of thing. All these things that we wouldn't really, that it, it's hard to go from that to, there you're a good programmer because it's so divorced from anything you actually you actually do so so i'm preaching to the choir yeah uh, i mean you're just getting lucky honestly my last interview process at circa i got extremely lucky and it's funny because i can compare and contrast now with this interview process literally the last interview process i got asked to do a implement a linked list which i had just studied like two days before (laughs) right and um i was also asked a question about pagination which I had been doing research on because I was uh, I went to one of the app.net uh, developer days, basically. And um, so I was trying to figure out how to download, essentially download all the messages and do it in a performant manner. And so you just get lucky. Literally, that, that what I had just worked on happened to be covered in the interview. Yeah. But it's funny because yeah. we disassociate. So the minute that the interview goes well, it's like, oh, well, again, like I said, oh, I'm so good. But when the interview doesn't go well, it's amazing that that becomes internal and it's like, man, maybe I'm not very good at this anymore. And that's also a, yeah. I, I, it bothers me that people put so much weight in these interviews when they're so luck based. Sure. Well, and I think what I've heard every single person say who's interviewed me has said, well, oh, I just want to hear how you think. I don't, you know, if you don't know the specific details of X, Y, or Z, then that's not, that's not that important. But I actually think that because there have so few points, they have so few pieces of information to judge you by. And this is one thing I saw at, at Apple when we were, you know, because we got everybody together, you know, you, you got, you know, as you said, you know, there's seven people who interviewed the person, you know, sometimes even more than that, like 10 people, huh. get them all into a room and you say, well, what did you think of this person? And actually at Apple, hmm, should I give this away? They had the whole thing with the, with the thumbs. So you put out your hand, everybody put out their hand and, you know, one, two, three, and you'd put your thumb up or down or oh, really? sideways or whatever. And so that way everyone could give sort of a, a, a an immediate f- feedback on a person without being influenced by what anyone else thought. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all the way from all the way down to all the way up and anywhere in between, I guess that's 180 degrees of, of thumb there. <laughs> and, and then, you know, then you had to back it up. And what I remember from hearing people talk is, you know, they just, it wasn't like, you know, they had an hour to talk with the person. Usually it was less than an hour. And so they, they kind of pulled, they pulled out conclusions from relatively thin, mm. relatively thin threads. Use a metaphor. It's probably isn't a good metaphor there. No, and, I think that's excellent, so actually. The, the, the whole thin slice thing, that's totally a thing. That's exactly what people do. And actually, another thing was about when you talk about feedback, you want to get more feedback from people. I have made a practice of always 
asking very directly for feedback um, when a company uh, uh, has decided not to to go ahead with me or even when they do mm-hmm. to, to find out as much as I can about it. And it's interesting, there have been at least two cases, probably more that I just don't remember, where it seemed pretty clear that the what they were telling me as far as the rationale for not going ahead with me was really probably not what they were actually thinking. Mm. Um, so that's one that people may not want to give feedback because they just don't want to tell you uh, the, the internal thought process that are going on. Maybe it's something having to do with, with something very particular about the people involved or something about their process that they just don't want to talk with an outsider about. But it seems pretty clear that when you do ask for that feedback, you know, sometimes it's just not credible. Sometimes it's not useful information to get back because it's like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. No. Absolutely. I've totally experienced that. Absolutely. Where you ask for the feedback. It's funny. I've never asked for positive feedback. That's tremendous. I should, I'm definitely (laughs) going to use that moving forward. Thank you. But I've asked for negative feedback before and just gotten like, oh, well, it just, it just wasn't like a good fit. Like, what does that mean? Oh, it was a great personality fit, but it wasn't a good fit. Well, then it must be technical. Oh, and, but, but then they get like almost defensive if you assume, well, it's got to be one or the other. Like, yeah. Well, they but, just don't, they don't want to talk about it. They exactly. Don't and it's almost like, it's almost like, it, are they not allowed to release that information even to you? Like, you know, it's, it's wild. But sometimes, again, you genuinely just want to get better. Like, the minute yeah. that you feel that the job process almost becomes a hurdle, you know, you can perform the job, right? But you feel like the job process becomes a hurdle to you getting employment. You obviously want to fix that. <laughs> um, it's just very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what else do I have here? Um, uh, I, I like the idea of, of getting to know someone on a day-to-day basis. It's actually interesting that I see very little of that in where I've, now I've, been, I've only been looking at full-time jobs when I, when I look for work. I haven't been looking for, for contracting work. But it does seem like a, a, a no-brainer that you would bring someone in for like a month or two. Now, it's still, you know, it's still dating versus marriage, right? Mm. Like you, you're still going to act differently in that preliminary period than you would as a full-time developer but but it's you know it's it's better than a couple of hours there True. And I, i've only see here so then for pair programming uh i also like the idea of pair programming now i've only done it once at an interview and it was for you know maybe about an hour hour or two and I, it's funny i didn't have that problem of the other people being in the office because it was like at night or something like that oh but interesting <laughs> it was yeah yeah so you know you know maybe that's how people should do it if they're going to do that mm. it was interesting how i still felt like like you want it, you want to do it because you want to find out how a person programs. You're still not going to be in your groove sitting at a at a desk that you've only been, been sat at you know an hour ago, with a person you've never worked with before on a on a code base that you've never worked with before. I still wonder whether that might uh, be weighted against the interviewee because you're just you're still kind of scrambling. To, to get used to the thing you're working on. So whereas they want to see, hey, can they do this? What you're showing them is, well, here's how well I can do it for the first couple of hours, which is always going to be the worst. Oh, absolutely. So I, I do wonder yeah. whether that weights it against the developer to put a lot of emphasis on, well, you know, did they seem like a regular developer during the, during the pair programming? So see. That's an interesting point, actually. Um, because it's funny because, it, you know, obviously the person you're pair programming, pair programming with is very comfortable with the code base, right? And mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost demoralizing when you're, like, trying to remember even, like, the basic model 
of, of the objects you're supposed to be using, and you keep forgetting, you start, like, writing it down, and they're just, like, flying through things. They're so, like, hold on, let me just do this. I'm supposed to ease the process forward. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, you realize just how easy it is for them, and you're like, it's, it's weird. You forget, and you, you wonder, like, why it's slow for you. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And you think about all these things instead of just actually getting what you're supposed to be getting done. Um, actually, there's one more yeah. thing I didn't bring up, which is this idea of uh, in interviews, sometimes interviewers will ask something um, and, and they'll say like, hey, I want you to implement this. Let's say a scroll view, like almost like MS Paint. I want to be able to draw a line and and have it be shown on the screen, right? Uh-huh. Um Okay, you do that, and then it's and then it's good. And maybe that one was like a negative feedback interview, and you 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 figure you're not unsure why. Like, what, I did it. I don't know what happened. Were you? And then maybe the interviewer says to you, "Well, when I did it, I not only did I do the line, but if you pinch to zoom, it would draw a box." And you're like, "But you didn't tell me to do that. I didn't, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't realize I was supposed to be like." creating a product on top of doing what you told me to be doing. And it's like that kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, gotcha stuff is just silly. Um, got, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. You did get me. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, it, it's interesting when we talk about, you know, giving people something to do in a short amount of time that shows what they know. The one thing I had a lot of luck with, uh, although unfortunately it was mostly luck in, in reading people out, was just okay, give me a, a UI table view with, with data from what's, you know, let's say a, you, know, you go to one URL to get the data for the table, and then you have to go to a separate URL for each of the icons mm. for the table uh, rows. And that weeded people out because most people, it, it showed when people couldn't make a table, didn't really understand how a, a table view works. Really? Because they didn't, they didn't understand that the cells are reused Mm. And so that you would need to have some sort of extra steps to make sure that you store the the icon that when you go get the icon that that is connected properly with the a cell which or a, a location in the table which isn't necessarily using a particular cell all the time. Mm. And so people who would otherwise sound like they were they were decent, you know, that they were writing apps. They were usually, they were usually writing apps for somebody or other at that point. It's like, well, okay, you know, if you were to come to me and say, well, I'm very much a beginner at Cocoa, and I don't, I don't, I haven't really used tables very much. That would be one thing. But almost everybody would come in and say, "Well, no, I can do a table." And then, okay, do this very simple example. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't really do a table. Uh, so that that was a good way to 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 weed people out of it because uh, it should have been pretty simple. Uh, Maybe I haven't other- spent enough time on the other side. <laughs> I haven't been burned enough time hi- enough times hiring candidates who seemed qualified and weren't that I don't have. Some very convoluted process. Yeah. Mm. And it, do, it does depend where you're starting from because, you know, if you, if you do have someone where you say, especially if they're coming like from another platform or that sort of thing, then maybe you say, okay, we'll hire them and we'll teach them how to do all this stuff. Uh, but, but if they've said they can do it, that's, that's another thing. Mm. And the last thing was you talk about take-home assignments. And I remember one of the most fun times I had in the interview process was where – and this was actually – this was at Apple. This was at Apple. They wanted me to implement Texas Hold'em as a you know as a as a take-home project. That's pretty and cool. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, the, and the problem with with take-home work is that it's pretty easy for someone to just find cut and pasted code from the internet. So ah. if if I were doing that today with a candidate, 
I would probably want to go through it with them and make sure they can explain their own code. So as opposed to just having cobbled it together and not really quite understanding how it works would be. But here again, I'm kind of looking at it from, from the other side of the other side of it where I, Hey, can we get a good candidate versus can we, uh, can I be, can I find the best company? Absolutely. Cause it is sort of interesting when I was, cause I, I did it at Apple. I was on their side and then I've done it at the companies since then. I, I helped with, with their interview process. And it, it's interesting when you say, well, you should, you should, have only other mobile developers talk with your mobile developer because that's often not not possible these little tiny companies mm-hmm. so so what do you do in that case i guess at that point i was focusing on mainly on like the bigger larger organizations where you would even have yeah. six or seven interviews um, um right oh I certainly and certainly not um I mean, you know, for example, at Circa, I interviewed with the designer, the QA, etc. Um, I, I meant particularly when they're assessing whether or not you have the skills qualified for that position. No, it's a good point. Yeah. I actually do. I've actually, one thing I've done is I've asked specifically to speak with the designer. Because I think you're right that they do tend to get you to talk with people who are not people who you'll be working with. So they'll talk, they'll have you talk with other developers. Mm-hmm. But they might not be developers in your field. I actually had one, oh my God, it was so funny. One hour long interview at one of these, you know, big companies where they put me in a room with their two Android developers. Mm. And they're like, yeah, we're in here because they asked us to come in here. We don't really have any questions for you. Yep. Because they didn't have, they didn't know what to ask. And, uh, but I, but so, you know, you kind of have to say, no, 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 don't put me with the developer. If I, especially if I'm not going to work with them, put me with the designer that I will work with, put me with the people that I will work with. And so sometimes that helps. Sometimes that works. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is that candidates need to realize that they have say, and, and yep. it, it, you don't need to go along with everything that the company has laid out. Um, you can speak up and ask for particular interviews. Exactly. Like you said, people that you will actually work with, um, and don't be afraid to ask for slightly different processes than maybe the one that they've proposed. Because I don't know, I'm hopeful the tide a little bit seems to be turning. I had, at least with one or two companies out of maybe the four or six I interviewed with, they were trying to d- implement different things. Um, and so I think sometimes you just need to ask, be proactive about it. Yep. And you know? I think as as mobile developers, we are fairly lucky these days in that we're in pretty high demand so we can ask and there isn't there isn't the sense that we're one of you know a hundred people and and you know we're we have a very tiny chance of getting the jobs we just have to beg them to take us no we've got we've got some say and so we can we can push back on on some things if 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 we think it's important Mm. that's good uh and so cool so i also want to mention that we did i did do an uh, episode a while ago episode 58 and it was it had a, a fairly undescripted name. It was called Testing Whether You Believe in Fairies. I think if I were naming it now, I would go back to one of the other things I said there, which is interviews still pretty much suck, was the, <laughs> the title of the, you know, the, the thing I said. Uh, you know, so I think we're, we're, we're in agreement here, Ashley, about interviews. And I think one of the things I had said then was this is a reason why people tend to hire their friends. Mm. Right, because if the if the interview process is not getting you what you need, well, then the only way you can know whether someone is going to be good if the interview doesn't tell you is if you already know them. Uh, and I think that that happened a lot at Apple. And actually. that's so unfortunate because yeah, um, it really impedes diversity. And I don't even mean diversity in terms of um, having people that look a little different than each other. I mean literally having people with like 
diverse backgrounds who think a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons that I'm proposing, hey, why don't we have like a platter, a plethora of options for people? Because not everybody's so good at those interviews where you have the phone screen and then the all day stuff, you know? Not everyone is – some people need the take-home because it just they're just a little more comfortable and suddenly they're brilliant. And it's just a, just such a disservice to the company or, or to the, the hiring manager when you feel like you can only look in your small circle and never broaden the scope out. Um, and you know, for the companies that, that tout the importance of diversity, I mean that's one of the problems. People are f- looking at candidates um, that, that are like themselves mm-hmm. and assessing you based on that. And that's a, that's, that's a problem. Sure. And yeah, so these are, these are some, some good suggestions. I hope some people uh, take, take us up on them. And so I think that, that sounds like a pretty good uh, note to, to leave us on. So thank you, Ashley, for being our guest co-host. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.